Here is the closing Schwab market update as of 4.15 p.m. Eastern Time, 15 minutes after market close for Friday, July 8th. After a choppy trading session to close out the week, U.S. equities finished mixed and very near where they began the day, with the S&P 500 ending its winning streak, but the Nasdaq adding to its run. The volatility came in the wake of the June non-farm payroll report, which showed job growth came in much stronger than expected and the unemployment rate held at a low level, but the labor force participation rate unexpectedly dipped. Adding to the bumpy ride, investors grappled with the implications of the strong jobs data on the Fed's future tightening actions. Treasuries were lower and yields rose, preserving the inversion between the two-year and 10-year rates. The U.S. dollar ticked lower after hitting a fresh 20-year high yesterday. Crude oil prices continued to recover and gold was slightly higher. In equity news, Levi Strauss and Company topped quarterly estimates and raised its dividend, while Costco Wholesale reported strong June sales results. In other economic news, the final May read on wholesale inventories was revised to a smaller pace of growth than initially reported, and consumer credit tempered in May. Markets in Europe and Asia finished mostly higher as choppiness continued amid the festering global recession concerns. The Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 46 points, or 0.2%, to 31,338, and the S&P 500 Index decreased 3 points, or 0.1%, to 3,899, while the Nasdaq Composite advanced 14 points, or 0.1%, to 11,635. In moderately light volume, 3.5 billion shares of NYSE-listed stocks were traded, and 4.5 billion shares changed hands on the Nasdaq. WTI crude oil rose $2.06 to $104.79 per barrel. Elsewhere, the gold spot price nudged $1.20 higher to $1,740.90 per ounce, and the dollar index lost 0.2% to 106.97. Markets were higher for the week as the Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 0.8%, the S&P 500 increased 1.9%, and the NASDAQ Composite rallied 4.6%. In equity news on Friday, Levi Strauss & Company, ticker symbol LEVI, reported adjusted second quarter earnings per share of $0.29 compared to the $0.23 fax at estimate as revenues grew 15% year-over-year to $1.5 billion, north of the street's forecast of $1.4 billion. The Denim Company said its brands are resonating with consumers across geographies, channels, and product categories, while the operating environment remains dynamic. Levi Strauss maintained its full-year earnings and revenue guidance and raised its dividend by 20% to $0.12 per share. Levi Strauss and Company traded higher. Costco Wholesale, ticker symbol COST, announced that its June total same-store sales rose 18.1% and were up 13% when stripping out gasoline sales and foreign exchange, with sales in the U.S. and Canada leading the way, and its international sales also growing. Costco Wholesale was higher. The S&P 500 snapped its current winning streak, but was able to string together four days of gains in the first full week of the third quarter and posted a weekly advance. 
The moves have come even as the markets wrestle with an aggressive Fed, which has signaled that restoring price stability is priority number one, and it will continue to hike rates intensely, while conceding that the path to a soft landing has become, quote-unquote, more challenging. Amid this market backdrop, Schwab's chief investment strategist, Lizanne Saunders, notes in her article titled, Panic is not a strategy, nor is greed, how disciplined investing helps investors navigate through volatile environments. You can follow Lizanne on Twitter, and you can read all of our market commentary on our insights and education page, and you can follow us on Twitter at Schwab Research. In economic news on Friday, Non-farm payrolls rose by 372,000 jobs month-over-month in June, compared to the Bloomberg consensus estimate of a 265,000 rise, while May's figure was adjusted lower to an increase of 384,000 from the initial reading of a 390,000 gain. Excluding government hiring and firing, private sector payrolls advanced by 381,000 versus the forecasted rise of 233,000, after increasing by 336,000, revised up from the preliminarily reported 333,000 gain in May. The labor force participation rate unexpectedly dipped to 62.2 from May's unrevised 62.3 figure and compared to forecasts of a rise to 62.4. The unemployment rate remained at May's 3.6% rate in line with forecasts. The underemployment rate, which includes total unemployed and those employed part-time for economic reasons, along with people who are marginally attached to the labor force, fell to 6.7% from the prior month's 7.1% rate. Average hourly earnings were up 0.3% month-over-month, matching projections, and below May's upwardly adjusted 0.4% rise. Compared to last year, wages were 5.1% higher, north of forecasts of a 5% gain, but down from May's 5.3% rise. Finally, average weekly hours remained at May's downwardly revised 34.5, below forecasts to rise to 34.6. The Department of Labor said notable job gains occurred in professional and business services, leisure and hospitality, and health care. May wholesale inventories grew 1.8% month-over-month, downwardly revised from the previously reported 2% gain, where forecasts called for it to remain, and below April's 2.3% increase. Sales increased 0.5% after April's favorably adjusted 0.8% advance. Consumer credit, released in the final hour of trading, showed consumer borrowing expanded by $22.3 billion during May, below the $30.9 billion forecast of economists pulled by Bloomberg, while April's figure was adjusted downward to an increase of $36.8 billion from the originally reported $38.1 billion. Non-revolving debt, which includes student loans and loans for vehicles and mobile homes, was $14.9 billion, a 5.2% increase year-over-year, while revolving debt, which includes credit cards, came in at $7.5 billion, an 8.1% year-over-year rise. Treasuries were lower following the employment data, with short-term yields briefly jumping after cooling off a bit, but the inversion between two-year and ten-year rates remains. 
Bond yields had moved solidly off their June highs in the past few weeks, even as the markets continued to expect further aggressive Fed actions. Schwab's chief fixed income strategist, Kathy Jones, discusses this in her latest article titled, Fed Rate Hikes, Why Are Bond Yields Falling?, noting that the Federal Reserve's pledge to curb inflation appears to have resonated with the market. She adds that if the central bank raises rates as much as recent projections indicate, the risk of recession rises. Kathy concludes that consequently, bond yields have been pulling back from recent highs and the yield curve has flattened. You can follow Kathy on Twitter, at Kathy Jones. The yields on the two-year and 10-year Treasury notes were up seven basis points to 3.10% and 3.08% respectively, while the 30-year bond rate rose six basis points to 3.26%. In international news on Friday, European equities finished mostly higher, with the markets continuing to grapple with headwinds in terms of tightening monetary policies on both sides of the pond that has caused global recession concerns to flare up. Today's U.S. June employment report that showed job growth was stronger than expected seemed to add to the expectations of aggressive monetary policy tightening from the Fed. Surging inflation pressures have been a main source on tighter policies and has been exacerbated by the ongoing war in Ukraine, which has resulted in an energy crisis in Europe. However, signs inflation may be peaking might have helped ease sentiment, and Schwab's chief global investment strategist, Jeffrey Kleintop, offers his latest article titled, Shortages Have Led to Gluts, noting how inventory gluts have been bad news for the stocks of companies experiencing them, but could also be indicating an inflation peak, which tends to be an ingredient for market bottoms. You can follow Jeff on Twitter, at Jeffrey Kleintop. In light economic news in the region, Italian industrial production declined by a smaller amount month-over-month in May and was below estimates year-over-year. The U.S. dollar dipped after giving up gains that initially followed the labor data, with the euro and the British pound overcoming early losses and ending modestly higher. The U.S. dollar rallied to 20-year highs this week. Bond yields across Europe were mixed, and rates in the U.K. gained ground. The UK FTSE 100 index was up 0.1%. France's CAC 40 index increased 0.4%. Germany's DAX index gained 1.3%. Italy's FTSE MIB index rose 1%. And Switzerland's Swiss market index traded 0.7% higher, while Spain's IBEX 35 index declined 0.3%. Stocks in Asia finished mostly higher, continuing to shrug off global market concerns that persisting inflation that is driving aggressive monetary policy tightening in the Americas and Europe could result in a recession. However, China and Japan have maintained accommodative policies, with the former adding more stimulus measures to try to meet its economic growth goals, and the latter holding on to its ultra-loose stance. Amid this backdrop, Schwab's Jeffrey Kleintop discusses in his article titled Recession, the Risk is in the Reversal, how a major shark attack is underway that could take a big bite out of unprepared investors' portfolios. Those who haven't rebalanced, trimming what has been outperforming and buying what had been lagging could be especially at risk. Recessions and bear markets, followed by recoveries, happen at the turning points of every economic cycle. 
The leaders of the last cycle tend to reverse and fall the most in the bear market, while the recovery and next cycle tend to see new leaders. Therefore, the looming risk of recession can make it a good time to rebalance from U.S. to international and growth to value. An upcoming parliamentary election in Japan was overshadowed by the assassination of former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe at a campaign event for the ruling Liberal Democratic Party. The markets also awaited today's U.S. June labor report along with tonight's June inflation statistics out of China. In economic news overnight, Japan's household spending unexpectedly dipped in May. Japan's Nikkei 225 index ticked 0.1% higher with the yen choppy versus the U.S. dollar. The yen has rebounded somewhat after falling dramatically in the past few months to lows not seen in 24 years as the Bank of Japan lags the Fed regarding its monetary policy stance. The Hong Kong Hang Seng Index traded 0.4% higher. Australia's S&P ASX 200 Index gained 0.5%. South Korea's Kospi Index advanced 0.7%. And India's S&P BSE Sensex 30 Index moved 0.6% to the upside. However, China's Shanghai Composite Index declined 0.3%. In the Week in Review, U.S. stocks showed some resiliency this week in the face of lingering global recession concerns that continue to fester as the Fed and other global central banks aggressively tighten monetary policies to try to arrest persistently high inflation pressures. The market shrugged a rebound in Treasury yields along with a continued rally in the U.S. dollar as financial conditions continued to tighten. The moves in treasuries, which saw short-term rates rise sharply, resulted in an inversion of the key two-year and ten-year portion of the yield curve to exacerbate recession concerns. The markets advanced despite next week's start of second-quarter earnings season that will command market attention for the next several weeks. The financial sector will be in focus as the big institutions will get the ball rolling with their results. The markets will likely scrutinize any guidance moving forward, data and forecasts on consumer activity, trading revenues from the equity and fixed income markets amid the backdrop of elevated volatility and investment banking activity as IPOs and M&A action has cooled. Next week's economic calendar will also contend for attention, with the headlining data points likely being the development of the June inflation picture, courtesy of the Consumer Price Index, or CPI, Producer Price Index, or PPI, and the Import Price Index. Reports on the all-important U.S. consumer could also move the markets, with the releases of June retail sales and the timely preliminary July University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index. Other reports that are due out that deserve a mention include jobless claims for the week ended July 9th, the Fed's Industrial Production and Capacity Utilization Report, the NFIB Small Business Optimism Index, and the Fed's Beige Book, an anecdotal read on national business activity used by policymakers to prepare for their next monetary policy decision set to come on July 27th. FedSpeak will also continue to pour in with several Fed officials on the docket throughout the week. Next week's international economic calendar will also be prominent and could garner some focus, with China data headlining the docket as the nation will report second quarter GDP, PPI and CPI, lending statistics, the trade balance, industrial production and retail sales. 
Other reports slated to be released worth a mention include the employment change and consumer confidence from Australia, industrial production, CPI and PPI, and the trade balance from India, core machine orders and machine tool orders from Japan, industrial production and the trade balance from the Eurozone, along with German CPI, PPI, and investor sentiment, and from the UK will come monthly GDP, industrial and manufacturing production, and construction output.